As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. I would recommend do not try and construe your numbers to try and make it work. If that makes sense. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, for all my fix and flippers out there, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, you know Patch of Land, they've been on the show, representatives of their company have been on the show many times, they've been a sponsor of this show many, many times, they're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's... The interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best a lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and they've got a white paper for you and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff and well, first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Saturday. We got a special segment with a returning guest called, this is the segment, not the guest name, Situation Saturday. The guest name is Sterling White. How you doing, Sterling? Hey, I am loving life. How are you doing, Big Joe? Sweet. Well, I'm loving life as well. And I'm looking forward to you sharing this story. You gave me a taste of it earlier before we start recording, and it is certainly a cautionary tale for 
best ever listeners and myself and everyone who comes across this episode. The sticky situation or the situation that Sterling was in is he had a deal under contract and then some things happened. So he will talk through that a little bit about Sterling, though, in case you don't recognize his name. He was a guest on the show, episode 655, and you can listen to his best ever advice on that episode. Sterling is the co-founder of Holdfolio, which is a real estate crowdfunding platform. He's also the host of Holdfolio Download, a podcast that you should go check out. He's been directly involved with buying and selling over 100 single-family homes and especially includes sales, marketing, crowdfunding, buy and hold investing, and of course, investment properties based in Indianapolis, Indiana. With that being said, Sterling, how about you give the best ever listeners a little bit of a refresher? of your background and your focus, and then we'll roll into your situation. Since early childhood, I've always been into the whole entrepreneurship realm of things. I remember as little as eight, nine years old, I was getting my hands on Kool-Aid and selling it to kids throughout the school. And that kind of really just transitioned to getting into real estate with wanting to provide as much value for individuals out there, starting the construction side, getting my hands dirty on large commercial projects, which were fire stations, churches, et cetera. And then about two years after working into that, that's when I then found my mentor. And that's when I really wanted to better understand the investing side, partnered with him and really took about 20 to 25 years of his knowledge and compacted it into two to three years. And I absolutely worked for him for free in order to gain all of that knowledge, which is something I recommend to newbies. And transitioning to now is bought and sold hundreds of single family homes. And now with the current company, we do single family homes as well in portfolios of 10. And now we're shifting over to the multifamily side to expand our footprint. And what a perfect segue for your story. Will you tell us the story and tell us the situation that you were in? All right. Well, it's still a little bit gut-wrenching to tell you, <laughs> tell you the truth. It was a property that was in Ohio, 118 units. We were very interested in purchasing this asset and went back and forth with negotiations with the seller for the course of, I'd say about a month, month and a half. And we finally agreed on the purchase price. But with that, under the condition that the number still worked, but throughout the due diligence period, no huge surprises. We didn't want to expect us. Mm -hmm. That would have just... And a couple quick questions. A month and a half of negotiations... Was it an on or off market deal? This was a off market deal. Off market deal. How'd you come across it? We came across it by pulling the public records. Notice it was owned by an LLC. Use Google to trace down the actual owner of the LLC and gave him a call. Purchase price was agreed upon for a 118 unit deal in what city? This was Cincinnati, Ohio. In Cincinnati. And what was the agreed upon purchase price? This was 4.7. 4.7 million dollars. And I was going to make a joke. I couldn't figure out a joke. I was going to say 4.7 like censored. I, <laughs> I'm not fast enough to make a joke right there. Okay. 4.7 million dollars. About $40,000 a unit. And what was your business plan for this? 
our business plan was, and one thing I reached out to you was we were going to go in there and the units were a little bit outdated and they were under rented by about a hundred to $125. So we were going to go in there, make the necessary changes to renovations such as flooring, paint, countertops. And then that's when we were going to ask for those rent bumps. Okay. And the market comps were supporting your business plan, I assume? Yes. There was a property right across the street that was 100% occupied at those increased rents. Okay. All right. That helps us set the stage. Please proceed into the situation. The deal was off market and the seller originally started at $5 million for the purchase price. And we were about 4.3 or 4.4. And then finally, yeah, that's why I mentioned we were able to get to the 4.7. And that was a little bit on the top end for us. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when we went under contract and we sent over everything to our lender to get the ball rolling on the finance side. And it was about a week or two. We're still doing our due diligence on the market, the immediate area, pulling additional comps. And that's when we scheduled a inspection with the lender's inspector and their engineer. And we walked through all of the units. Okay. And at that point in time, a lesson now that I reflect is the seller mentioned that there has been some leaks throughout the building. So there's 10 total buildings, 118 units. And he mentioned there was leaks, but since he's owned it, which is about 18 years, which was something else, hindsight 2020, mm-hmm. is he mentioned he's been making repairs throughout. So we're thinking in our head, okay, well, maybe it'll be fine once we get the roofers up there and we'll further assess. Mm-hmm. And so when we're walking through all 118 units, the top floor you notice a common thread that there is a leak in, I wouldn't say each and every one of the units, but you can consistently see that there's leaks. Okay. And turns out once we got our roofers right after we finished the inspection, we got about three or four different bids and they all stated that there's no way we would feel comfortable making these repairs. You guys are going to have to replace and the cost, by the way, is going to be close to 400000 Yowzers. Yes. There's the difference there between your 4.3 and 4.7 purchase price. Exactly. And that was one of the biggest learning lessons for us is, well, me in particular, was very eager to get the ball rolling on the deal. And once we heard about those leaks, we should have instantly got those bids and got someone to get eyes on that mm-hmm. versus later in the process where we've already spent money and had the inspectors come out. And why is that? Were there costs associated to it? For on the lender side, yes, there was. It was, I don't know the exact figure, but it was between about five to eight grand that mm-hmm. we paid out for that. Just for the lenders inspectors to go out there because you had gotten through to the process where the lender had giving you the term sheet, I imagine, and everything looked good. And now the lender was doing their due diligence on the ground. That is correct. Okay. And we had a sit down with the seller after everything was said and done. We've walked all the units. We've got all our bids from the roofers. And we said, 
well, this is something that we did not expect. Is there a way that you could accommodate us on this? And if not, then we're simply going to have to walk away. And he said, no. So we walked away. Mm. Was he a local person or was he an out-of-state? Sounds like a local person. Definitely local. Okay. And what was the reason why he was wanting to sell? That is a great question. I believe the main thing was he was just simply tired of managing it himself. Mm -hmm. Was there a proposal for creative financing, maybe a master lease that you could take over management, regain control of the property, and then pay him off over a longer period of time? This is by far the most stubborn seller I have done, <laughs> have, have dealt with in my career. <laughs> that's, a, that, no that's, a, that, that's a definite no then. <laughs> yes, definitely no. No budging from that individual's end. When you met with him, was it over the phone or in person when you had the conversation about the roofs? Both. I'd say it was more so in person. And even the owner is the operator, so he, he's pretty hands-on. And when we did send the roofers out there, he actually was engaged with them as well, trying to frame it. Ah, well, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily need to be replaced. I think we could just repair that. So there was a little bit of that in there. Oh, he is very hands-on. <laughs> Talk us through the conversation. You plan to meet with him in person. and. Where do you meet, first off? Met at the property. Met at the property. Are you in the office or are you standing somewhere on the property? We actually met in the clubhouse that's on site. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I always do when I'm meeting with a seller is I bring a thank you card that just states, thank you for your time today and allowing me to view this property. And I'll always bring that with me and I'll give it to them. It's just a courtesy. Okay. And why do you bring that up? That is something that I believe goes a long way. And every time I have given that to a seller, I can see their eyes light up as if they're shocked that someone took the time to go out, give them a card and give it to them. Okay. So you have a card, you meet at the clubhouse on site. Mm -hmm. Do you two sit down and have a discussion or are you two standing up? Yeah, and this is me, my partner, and also a fellow colleague of ours that does solely focus on multifamily acquisitions. So it's all three of us that's okay. in negotiations. All right, and then it's just him? Yes, just him. And roughly how old is he? Mid-50s. Okay. Now, how does that conversation go? The conversation is... Is this up front or is this after we've had all the inspections? This is after you've had all the inspections. Okay. We have to sit down with them and mention we recently received the bids back from our roofers that were able to go up and assess the condition of the roofs. Turns out that we're walking into something that we did not foresee when we originally spoke with you. And at the time, we were at 4.2 or 4.3. I forget which one we were originally at. But we came up halfway in order to accommodate you since you were at the $5 million purchase price. And at that point, that was a little over what we were committing to. And now with the recent development over these roofs that there's no way we're going to be able to justify paying the 4.7 without getting ourselves in financial trouble. 
So with that, is there a way that you'd be able to compromise and provide a credit in order for us to have this deal go through? So that's kind of the Mm -hmm. dialogue word for word. Okay. And what was word for word his response? Ish. It was more so that I necessarily do not believe you guys have to replace all those roofs. Okay. That was the main. And I told you guys up front that I was going to be firm at that 4.7 purchase price. Mm-hmm. And then that was it? That was it. That was it. Everyone got up and shook hands. Did you take back your thank you card and you walked out the door? <laughs> no, I did not do that. We did send over a mutual release to get that in writing. But no, I did not pick up the thank you card and rip it up and step on it. I just see you looking at him, snatching it from his hands. I'll take that, please. <laughs> but you can feel the intensity or mm-hmm. what's the other word I'm looking for? The vibe that's in the room mm-hmm. when negotiations get really tight like that. Yep. I love that feeling for some reason. Now, let's talk about what you will do differently on the next deal. Uh, well, first, before we talk about what you do differently, how much money did you lose in this transaction and where did that money go? I'd say that number that I mentioned, the f- five to eight for inspector. Yeah, that's just about it. But the biggest thing was the time that was invested, which is something we can never get back. Mm-hmm. There was a significant amount of time, but outside of the cost to the lender, there was nothing, maybe cost for gas. Right. Cause you live in Indianapolis. You just drove to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's a cost for gas, travel, et cetera. But the big chunk would be the inspector. What about all the other due diligence you did on the property? Did you not have to pay any of those vendors? No, didn't have to pay any of them. What did you get done with vendors and just so we know who was doing what type of work he did and that you didn't have to pay him? Well, from my experience, there is quite a bit of roofers that just want to go up and provide a quote. And in the event that you do proceed with them, they provide a free estimate. Yeah, I get it on the roofers, but as far as just your management company going through doing unit walks or getting any type of other inspection reports? Did you get any of those done? HVAC, anything like that? No, I don't believe we were able to get to that. Okay, cool. So the the roofs were the only thing and it was just the lender's inspector. All right. It was five to 8,000 out of pocket costs, a good down payment on one of those single family homes that you love, but it's a good lesson learned. And what will you do differently moving forward? Initially, and that's what we've done on our other deals as well, as soon as something is questionable, we'll go to a property that we're close to negotiations with on the seller. We'll check the condition of the roofs and we'll also look if it's a a brick building, which is predominantly what we go for. We'll check the masonry as well. And those are items that we look at as big tickets. So the masonry and then the foundation and if anything, settling. And if something is a concern, that's boom, when we'll start calling out different individuals in those traits and get them out there before we send out money to our lender to go out and do the financing component. Okay. Anything else that you want to mention as it relates to this story that we haven't talked about? Well, one thing that I mentioned on the recent video I provided on the update on this is to bring a snack, which is a funny thing to mention, but 
when we walked all the units, everyone that we were with were pretty hungry. So that's one thing that I would mention when you're taking a whole day and walking all these units. Just make sure you have your energy. Got it. All right. Well, bring a snack, have some energy, have a thank you card. Be prepared to snatch it back from the seller if they don't agree to your negotiation approach. And then most importantly, if something is questionable, make sure that you dive into it quickly and get quotes so that you can renegotiate. And fortunately, five to $8,000 on a, a large purchase like that, it's just going to happen sometimes. It's tuition. That's how I look at it as yep. paying tuition. And one thing I wanted to mention too is I would recommend do not try and construe your numbers to try and make it work, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Great point. This very well could have been an interview 24 months from now about how you went bankrupt after buying a 118 unit in Cincinnati, Ohio, because you tried to inflate your purchase price and thought you'd recover. But in reality, it would have been better to lose five to eight K and not close on the deal. So good point and definitely something important to keep in mind. So thank you, Sterling, for being on the show. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Just email me at sterling at holdfolio.com. I'm more than happy to create as much value for all you best ever listeners out there because you are awesome. Well, you're awesome too. Thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Appreciate you telling us the story and we'll talk to you soon. Wow. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan, and conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.